Egg Sausage Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 36 of the Egg Sausage Podcast. My name is Gigi Nabyar. The lovely lady over there is the Dapper Dame. And tonight we are talking about having adult lives without children. Kind of a really niche topic, but uh, we, we have a couple things to share with you guys. So we thought we'd go down this avenue. I have a really important question for you, though. Sure. When are you going to pop out a couple? Kidding! Kidding, kidding. <laughs> Pro tip, if you ever want to make someone really uncomfortable, ask them when they're having kids. Right? Yeah, for sure. Also, like... if ask them when they're getting married. And if you really want to make them uncomfortable, ask them both at the same time. So, like, anytime you go to, like, a family gathering of, like, ten or more. Yes. Especially <laughs> if you have, like, a super religious family. Like, my family is pretty Catholic. And mm -hmm. I mean, especially my grandmother, bless her heart, but she's always just like, Raymond, when are you going to get a girl? And, you know, so my parents are like, when are you going to pop us out a grandkid? I'm like, listen, guys, chill. That's funny chill. that that's like what parents want. They're like, we want you to do what we did and have more. Right. Right. And of course, like we don't have to explain this to you guys. Like uh, our generation is vastly different. Uh, everybody's either having kids later or not having kids at all. And it's perfectly fine where a lot of our parents were having them when they were in their late teens. And that was normalcy. That was, that was normal. Oh my God. I'm so glad I made it out of like that era without like having basically an accident like happen, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, we all, we all made dumb decisions back then, you know? So I know, but like, man, I feel like it was like a minefield because I know people that, you know, that did happen. And I was just like, oh, man, that totally could have been me, you know? Yeah. I mean, d don't get me wrong. Like, I, I see strength in, like, powering through something like that if you do have, like, kids oh, at a sure. very young age. Because a lot is taken from you. A lot of freedoms are taken from you yeah. because of your child. Um, I actually was talking my, – my friend Timmy came over for some uh, – for some – uh, social distancing porch beers the other night and you know we were we were actually talking about this exact topic and he was like my one of my friends explained it pretty well you know he has two kids of his own you know happy happy life happy wife that whole thing like totally just textbook good family right but he's like you know what timmy if you really enjoy the freedom to do whatever you want whenever you want don't have kids. <laughs> That's and I was like, holy shit, that yeah, makes a lot of sense. Uh, but like, what if you want both? What if you want both? Um well, some might consider you a bad parent. <laughs> I know. There has to be like a balance. And unfortunately, that balance really is that you just don't get to do whatever you want. Well, you want. no, the balance is is having somebody do those parental things for you. So, like, you would have to have mm -hmm. enough money to hire a nanny. Like a nanny, yeah. Right? But even, I think we've talked about this before, ding, ding, ding. Um, <laughs> but, like, having that separation between you know, having a nanny life and like growing up with a nanny versus like actually mm -hmm. being parented by your parents. So I don't know. Cause I think to a degree, most kids experience some form of like childcare, you know, whether it's like latchkey at school, a babysitter, you know, your, your parents, friend, uh, sleepovers to some degree you do, but the ones that you have to pay for, Holy shit. Have you seen how much nannies cost? A, just a basic ass daycare. Oh my God. Like it's... having the kids, not the expensive part. It's just keeping it and, and having it do stuff. It's insane. It really is. Like I've talked to my, some of my friends about what they pay weekly or monthly or whatever it may be. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm good on having a kid. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, so what are your experiences with kids? Do you have any, like, I guess growing up, you know, you had you and your sister. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, um, I was actually the first thing that came to mind whenever we talked about this being a topic of the podcast is mm -hmm. the girl that I recently dated was the first girl that I've dated who had children and she has a, uh, a sick, well, she's now seven, but he was six whenever we dated. Mm -hmm. So a six year old and a four year old. And it's not that I was like necessarily like a Scrooge or anything about it. Like I'll never date a girl that, ha that has <laughs> kids like that type of thing. I mean, I, yeah. I, I probably was that way when I was younger, just because, I was just a young little asshole, you know, I was like, I don't know, you know, but uh, the, the older I got, the more, you know, open-minded I was to the fact that I definitely might be dating somebody that has kids that just comes with the territory of being older and dating. Um, but you know, it <laughs> like, I saw a lot of myself, a lot of my younger self in, in her boy and then her younger girl, um, what just what a sweetheart like she she stole my heart she really did such a sweetie and like i didn't ever see that happening it was really cool <laughs> so oh man do, do you think it makes it more of a it's i mean it's a different dynamic but do you think do you think it makes it more difficult to date somebody who has kids because then it's not just like one relationship you're ending it's like multiple yeah it's very interesting because it's obviously a package deal, right? Like mm -hmm. you, I, I understand that there's probably some dynamics where it's maybe an older kid or kids and they are just more independent, you know, and like mm -hmm. you can just date the other person or, you know, whatever beyond dating. Um, and then like the kid really not be the kid or kids not really be a factor, but when they're that young, when they're four and six years old, like, they're there all the time, you yeah, know? So they, it's, they don't really have their own lives yet. No, no. And they're like <laughs> totally dependent. So like, that was a huge shock for me because typically when I'm around kids, I'm just like, what do I do with my hands? I don't, what do you, what do you need? I don't know how to change a diaper. <laughs> Wait, do you not know how to change a diaper? I've never changed a diaper in my adult <gasps> life. No, I've probably helped my parents do it to my sister when she was an infant. Mm -hmm. That's about it. Am, am, am I in right. trouble right now? Am I in trouble right now? I'm, I'm just surprised. Write us on Twitter and tell me how much trouble I'm in guys. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't have any kids, but like my best friend has several and they're all still fairly young and in diapers. So at some point, like you just, you end up changing diapers. Um, and then my sister's six years younger. So when I was a kid and she was like a fresh little kid, I was quickly taught how to do it. So I, yeah. know, I, just, I assumed that people just knew how to do it. With that setup, I get it. So I'm trying to think of like, okay, I have one close friend, maybe a couple more that like had children at the point where like, I don't know, I, like I was never around that much with my good friends kids when they were that age to like really mm -hmm. need to be there to change a diaper i don't know I, it's just i guess the dynamic between friends is different from mine to yours i guess <laughs> it's hard well, to explain it would be more like if maybe your sister had kids then you would probably yes. get like roped into it Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there would be way more of that. I think there's only been like, I've never been called upon to like even like watch kids of my good friends, you know, and I mean, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's kind of a bad thing. <laughs> maybe they're just like, I don't know about that Ray. I don't know about that guy. No, I'm I'm totally kidding. But um, yeah, I it's just the different dynamic. Yeah between friends i don't know fair enough i haven't babysat my best friend's kids too often because uh i offered to plenty of times and she's like dude if i have a night away from my kids like i want to hang out with you so mm, like, right we're just, all, we're just all gonna hang out see i feel like that is a lot of it because like i have one i have one friend in mind mm -hmm. um and yeah Whenever he would be kidless, he'd be like, hey, let's go get some beers or, you know, whatever. Fair. Um, and yeah, and hang out. And, 
Yeah, enjoy their kid free time. So interesting. Um, so one of the things that I had like on my list was like, do you know how to change a diaper? Um, we got that answered. <laughs> the other one I wrote down was, do you know what postpartum is? No, not truly. Um, is that like so the? I... Go ahead. So essentially, it happens like after childbirth and when you're pregnant you are making like an excess of hormones for both of you and then after childbirth it just like plummets um compared to the levels that you were previously just used to right so like you have all of like the regular symptoms of depression along with like not being able to form like a bond with your baby yeah, I was oh. going to say it's like a level of separation anxiety. Yeah. 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 That's what I thought A little I bit of like of... imposter syndrome going on in there. Right, you know? right. No, that's definitely like um a really interesting nature thing, you know? Like it's uh it it happens yeah. in every every mother, correct? Like it's like No, you don't always get it. Oh. Um if you do get it, it just depends on to like what degree it could last like a couple months even, um, which is a really long time in like baby time frame, you know, because yeah. that's when they're like the littlest and the squishiest and need the most. So, hmm. yeah, I, I just I wrote that one down because I don't know how I personally would even handle something like that, you know, as someone who is childless and has never gone through that, like for you if your partner was going through that like how do you even how do you even help them you know well right so we have the dynamic of having a show with with a woman and a man on it and mm -hmm. um yeah it, it, that's 100% like w we were talking uh last episode about you know helping others and like how Adrian and I are both sort of people that are just kind of like we want to be logical and tell you this and not give you any emotion <laughs> um and if you haven't listened to the episode, guys, please go do it. It's it's a good insight for both of us. Um, but yeah, like how how do you? Because I've heard of of women going through it and like spending months like out of work and like mm -hmm. not wanting to like do normal daily routines, you know, until they've felt like they've, um, you know, bonded. I guess with their child, like on a different level of bonding, not just like feeding and like, you know, burping. Yeah, no, and... not just not just keeping it like alive. Exactly like, right. That like I love you feeling. You yes, know, when like you have you... postpartum, you don't have that. Right, like this is mine, and like I know yeah. you love me. That like and... instinct. Yes, yes. Yeah, I wonder. Like, do animals in nature get that? I would think so, but the also the dynamic is just different. Mm, yeah, I mean, obviously way more nuanced, but I could have swore I've seen like National Geographic and been like, the the mother uh, wolf has now kicked out its cub from the pack because it doesn't feel like it, it belongs. Yeah, or whatever, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> or like Probably. how mama bears are like so instinctually protective of their cubs, you know? Yeah. Never fuck with the mama bear, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of what I think of when I think of like a human mom. It's like that mama bear-like type instinct. Yeah, the veracity that you get from like being a mother, you know? Yeah, and I... Oh, man, I can't even begin to imagine what that feels like because like you mentioned we are like pretty logical problem solvers and if there was like that feeling to just have emotion kind of take the wheel and steer you like exactly where you want to go it's kind of scary yeah i think for me it would also be scary to have a daughter or daughters who knows what the future holds but mm -hmm. like them being more emotionally driven creatures, you know, like, and me being a logical male, I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, do, do something, you'll figure it out, you know, versus like, you know, being a little more emotionally available. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
where, uh, you know, having a boy might be a little different. I think, like, if you had a kid, um, based on, like, what you had, you would, I don't know, have, like, different experiences? Well, elaborate a little bit more. Um, so, like you said, like, I know some people have mentioned, like, uh, dudes, they're like, if I have a daughter, like, she could just walk all over me, you know? But if I have a son, like, I'm going to teach him to be strong. Like, yeah, have, like, that preset in your head of, like, what kind of parent you might be? No, no, I definitely don't. I mean, obviously, what I just said was a very general, you yeah. know, thing, of course. Um, I personally, like... I kind of see, I kind of go against the grain with, with having a boy. Um, I was a total shithead and I would not want to have a little boy shithead version of me running around. Are you kidding me? I would definitely probably rather have daughters. What about you? Oh man. See, I never put a ton of thought into like what gender I would have and like how I would respond. Mm. I always just knew I wanted like a certain number which was probably like around three, maybe four, depending on like how much my body, uh, I don't know, deteriorates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because, you know, like I had a sibling growing up, but we were so far apart in age that it, a lot of the times what I was going through was leagues ahead of what my younger sibling was going through. So mm. I think it would be really cool if you could just like have more and just kind of squish them together a little, you know, like closer in age. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I think you're on the right track with that. I've never given number a thought, though. Like, really? No. How many is too many? That's a number. Ooh, I don't know. Five I'm gonna go. Many? I'm gonna go with anything over two. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's a pretty like traditional. It's a very traditional number. Yeah, it's a very traditional number. Um, I I like the idea of one. <clears throat> However. Like having them have experiences together, I think is really important too. like having somebody that you can relate with that's closer mm -hmm. in age, because I mean, like when you're a teenager, like you don't go to your parents, you're more likely to like go to a sibling, you know? Yeah. So, for sure. um, my, my grandparents on my father's side had 14, um, so I, I, I can't imagine birth or marriages or yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like Irish Catholic. <laughs> oh, so they were all by birth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fourteen. Um, but they oh were all like really close, all really cl like all, you know, very close to a year apart. Um, so, but I think that like that helps strengthen, you know, them as a family though. And it kind of made things easier too, in a way. Because, like, the next person above you, unless I guess you were the oldest, but, like, the next person above you in age could, like, hand me down clothes or, like, you know, take care of me or whatever it may be. You know, I mean, like. But man, can you imagine, like, if, if they are a year apart, that means you don't have, you have maybe three months to recover before you're nine months pregnant again for them to be a year apart. Right. So there's three months out of the year where you're not pregnant for 14 years. 14 years. <laughs> it's not even your body anymore. It's just an incubator. Yo, like, shout oh out my to God. my grandma. Like, <laughs> Kudos, dude. I'm worried about four and this plus 10. Oh my God. And listen, two of them came out deaf. So you also have to remember that. Hmm. I want, is that a genetic trait? Um, at least not on my dad's side, but my mother's side, yes. So my mom's side had all deaf children, four including her, and then two deaf boys on my dad's side. So pretty, pretty interesting how that all came together. But statistically also, uh, two hearing people, or I'm sorry, two deaf people Statistically, we'll have hearing children, so that's, uh, mm -hmm. I, I guess I'm a statistic of that, so is my sister, but there's also a possibility of me having a deaf child, 
And we can go down that road. We can talk about that stuff, but it's it's really up to you. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. I'm open for it. Because um, I was going to ask, like, do you have that possible genetic factor then? And it sounds like you could. Yeah, no, most definitely from my mom's side. Um, because I believe Is it. Something you can test for? Yes. And I really do want, like, when I start getting serious about having children with sure. whoever, that, whoever that may be, um it's definitely going to be some testing um but i'm i'm personally not scared to mm -hmm. to have a deaf child at all um i know my parents are like get it a cochlear as soon as possible you know like don't let it suffer through the things that we did type of thing and i'm just like oh my god okay like um cochlear. Yeah, like a cochlear implant, the uh, the new technology that allows you to hear. Like, it's basically a hearing aid on steroids. Oh. Is what it is. Okay. Um, but you can you can hear pretty damn well with them. And uh, it's, yeah, it's something that, for my parents anyway, like, they've been deaf for so long. They're just like, yeah, I don't need a cochlear. But there, there's, like, a whole thing right now going on um, with the deaf community saying that like giving a deaf child a cochlear too soon ruins their chances of being part of the deaf culture. Um, and it's like slowly the cochlear implant itself is like the leading thing in killing deaf culture because all of these deaf babies are being assimilated to hearing culture and not getting to experience even though, like, it can be hard for a deaf kid, especially of my parents' generation or older, and that's a whole other topic. Like, there, I took a class specifically on that. Like, there is a deaf okay. culture class, you know, that teaches you about that stuff. But long story short, um, there's now the debate where, whether you should send your deaf kid to a deaf school, an all-deaf school, and get taught sign language and learn via sign language, or they should just get a cochlear as soon as humanly possible, which I think the age is like three or four. Don't quote me on that, guys. I could okay. be talking about my butt, but I'm it's very, very young. <laughs> very, very young. Okay. Um, and then sending them through school to just, you know, normal hearing school. And yeah, basically just letting mm -hmm. them, you know. I don't know, but there's also a thing like where you get mainstreamed is what it's called. So like you could go to deaf school for elementary, middle school, but then by high school, they will send you to a hearing high school and you get an interpreter or you can have cart, which is like a computer aided, um, screen that shows what they're saying, like the teacher is saying, so on and so forth. But like that okay. is a pretty good option because like obviously your social stimulation comes a lot from high school. Like you you mm -hmm. really get shocked into like a lot of different social situations. So I'm I've I've always gone back and forth with it. Um I feel like if I was a deaf kid, I would probably want to learn and use my native language of sign language and then maybe when i'm older make the decision for myself to get a cochlear but i could be i could be completely wrong like i don't know so that's the argument interesting i never thought about um like being deaf as having like its own specific culture to it mm. yeah a lot of people don't because well, okay, so like anytime you oppress a certain, you know, class of human by something that they're born with, you're going to you're going to create a culture, right? Like that's what happens. Okay. There is like a a again, there's a literally you, you can like go watch like deaf culture shows and movies and to, to learn about all this, but either way, um you know, imagine like imagine you're just hearing and like you're growing up and like you're becoming more cognizant, like let's say like you get into high school or like you're just about to enter high school and you start learning about like, oh, deaf clubs, you know, why would it, why 
because I hear now, why would I ever want to like go hang out with a bunch of deaf people? I can hear, you know, like what I don't know sign language. I've heard my whole life, right? Like, I don't care. And like, think about how that feels for somebody who's like deep in deaf culture, right? And like, okay, you know, like that's how you were born. Like, you should be at least recognizing us type of thing you know it's it's very weird it's a very touchy subject so i'm not gonna like get on my soapbox about it or anything but that's why um it's it's in it's in my mind if i do have children that if one of them is deaf what am i gonna do for them so yeah it sounds like a tough choice because mm -hmm. to a degree when your kids are born, you're making a lot of choices for them and hoping it's what they want later. Exactly. That you couldn't have said it better. Um, so like my dad and mom were both sent to schools, like strict religious schools where they like promoted them to read lips and use their voice to talk. And to be quite frank, the nuns were really, really mean. Um, and my parents might not outright say it, but like, I feel like they were traumatized pretty dang good because of that. And I would never want that for my kid. Um, but back then, different time, different culture, you know? So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it, 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 there's also like debate on whether or not like, you should get a speech pathologist for your deaf kid to make them read lips better and for them to use their voice more. And anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, <laughs> what does the pathologist teach you exactly? Liter like literally that pretty much. Um, how to, how, how, to, to how to pronunciate words. Um, you know, I don't necessarily know if they teach how to read lips, but they will like, you know, they will show you the ways to move your lips. And I'm like pointing at my lips while I'm doing this for anybody that's not watching the YouTube, but you know, to, to make certain sounds and say things certain ways. And then my lips and tongue will do these movements, right? Like that's basically learning how to talk without hearing yourself. Yes. And imagine okay. that, imagine that, imagine how difficult that would be for somebody that's four or five oh, years old. Be, oh my God. How would you not just get pissed off all the time? Exactly. Exactly. So it, there's like, there's like three different sides, right? There's just, yeah. yeah, there's a lot going on, but obviously you also have to have like that talk with your significant other too. Like they might feel a different way. Like I might be with somebody oh, that's man. like we're going cochlear all the way you know and i'm just like i want deaf schooling all the way or you know whatever it may be yeah. it's it's a whole thing it's a whole thing so oh my god and i <laughs> thought like deciding about circumcising was hard like holy oh shit. man we should let's talk about it <laughs> how do you feel <laughs> because i didn't i honestly like never gave it much thought but it's mm -hmm. like it's pretty like it's pretty invasive, right? Like it's, it's risky. So the risk to my understanding only because this, my nephew is, um, and you know, he's teeny tiny and I was there for everything. So, um, the risk is very minimal. Um, it's just mostly the risk afterwards with the healing. That's like the risk that you take. Right. The procedure itself isn't. But with an open wound on a baby where they wear diapers, like you just, you have to be really vigilant and you have to I don't, monitor and clean and everything that comes with like an open wound, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I think I would much rather worry about that than, you know, my deaf child. I, <laughs> oh, I mean, it, very different scenarios, but very different. sure. Yeah. Um, but if if the question is like would i or would i not I don't, oh my god i don't know because again you're making a, a choice for them you know yeah that's the thing that's that's like the weird 
crux of it all, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. A lot of people use like the sanitary argument when it comes to that. Or religious, I think, True. right? I mean, am I, I'm not That's off not base with that. I've run into, but um, I have I, heard that. I could have swore it was like more of like a Christian Catholic thing. Um, somebody, sure. somebody, somebody message us on Twitter and let us know if we're off base <laughs> about that, because I feel like that is more like along that line of traditional, uh, methods that you use, you know, to your, or do to your child rather. I don't know, but we could also pivot into like CRISPR. Have you heard about CRISPR? That sounds familiar, but it's escaping me what it is. So basically modifying the genetics of a baby before it's even born. Oh, like remember this now. Yeah. Like imagine if you and Joe Schmo are like, we want, Mm -hmm. you know, beautiful green eyes and just the most luscious hair of black hair, you know, and you could have that. Or, like, you want an all-star basketball player. We're going to make him 6'10". Like, that shit is not far off. It's really scary. Really scary. But, like, also kind of cool? I don't know. What do you think? I wouldn't... Okay, so I don't know if I... Like, where I stand on the whole gene editing thing. And if I feel like... If it's okay or not, I Just, don't know enough about it. Like as an umbrella, but you're not okay. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure because since it hasn't, you know, been really like integrated in any way as far as like, I don't know, the the <laughs> amount of people that have gone through it and like, is there side effects, like things like that? Like, I just don't know. Yeah. Um, but if. I were to ever do something like that, I would want it to be more for like disease immunity and like doesn't have risks for certain things. Um, because I actually got my 23andMe uh, done and I got like the genetic health profile to see if I had any of like the markers where I could be carrying something and pass it on. And I was just like, oh my God, like. How do you even, like, people who don't get those tests done, how do you know what your kid has? Like, I, you, you just don't. Yeah, I think, I, well, first of all, I didn't know that the 23andMe thing had that. That's really cool. I want to do mine now. Um, but also, that is the argument, right, of of gene editing. It's, okay, we're never going to have a kid that has polio or Down syndrome or whatever, like mm-hmm. that is the argument and quite frankly it's a strong argument because you know there are kids that are born that way like deafness like we could rid of deafness in a kid like that is mind-blowing um it just depends on like is it safe you know right and like Assuming how do we who wouldn't do that? Well, and how do we get to that point? Like how, you know, obviously the, like there are, it's clear as day, like there's documentaries about it. There's YouTube channels about it. There are already mm-hmm. like basically home scientists that are using CRISPR on themselves to like modify stuff. And, or like, I mean, it's really crazy too. And it's actually quite frankly fucked up, but they're using it on animals and like, posting about it on the internet but like exactly is CRISPR uh I don't know what the acronym stands for off the top of my head but but I mean is it like a program is it do you like you 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 inject like genes into yourself essentially that's the way to use it like in in current form like you're already uh, a in human form like instead of like I don't know how it works whenever they do it to an embryo. Like, I have no fucking clue. But some of the stuff that they've done is, like, pretty nutty. Pretty nutty. It doesn't sound real, almost. It still sounds like a movie, you know? 100%. I've definitely seen a movie where, like, there is gene editing. And it even is so far up to the degree that, like, when you're born, they know, like, 
what diseases Honey. you could have or like what age you'll die at from what unless something else happens first you know right like when you're born you're predetermined to like i don't know it's creepy like how much you can tell from genetics are you getting weird audio by the way no okay what was that? I'm gonna try this one. I just wanna see what it From is. Me? I'm just gonna do it. Okay. <laughs> I wonder if our Discord had a hiccup. Nope, it was a it was a, another Chrome window that I forgot to close, but it was on an offline channel and he came back online and started talking and I was just like uh, Oh gotcha. Okay. <laughs> well now I have do you remember what you just said where you like left off? Yeah, there's a pause right after. So no, I'm just it, saying, like, for me to pick back up from where you... No? <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, dang it. <laughs> we can just start with something else if you want to. Um, shoot, sorry. That, like, threw me way off. <laughs> that threw me off so much. It happens. Okay. I'm just going to start with just like, yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it should be fine. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's definitely the, the CRISPR thing as a whole is nutty. I highly recommend looking up documentaries on it. It's, it's actually pretty damn wild. Um, they actually have a conference on it now too, like a, a national conference. Um, it might even be global, if I remember like with correctly. Updates on how shit's going. Yeah, yeah, and like shit that people have been successful with, and like it's it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But with like the death thing, for example, I mean they're mm -hmm. already like battling cochlears. What if there was a point where like. They could just eradicate deafness and like what does that do for the deaf for deaf culture it literally wipes it out right like all Probably, those yeah. all those deaf people are going to pass away eventually and then like the culture will be no more like that's so mind-blowing so mind-blowing yeah that you could edit it out essentially i mean you could do that with any that has um even like features that are really significant to certain cultures you could just like slowly make everybody look the same yeah that's also terrifying because like i don't like that <laughs> what like what if we're like what if we're all just gonna have like you know six foot ten like blonde hair blue-eyed basketball players just running around you know like or, like i don't know you know <laughs> i feel like life will be far less interesting or or like what if there is like a modern day hitler and he's like i will make the perfect race and like Take over all like take over all the genetic labs where they're doing CRISPR, you know, and like oh my god, no, some like no crazy, thanks. yeah. <laughs> or what if they like hide shit in your genes? Hmm. Right. No, that's like an actual concern. It right? could be. I mean, it also sounds you know well, ridiculous and like a movie, but possible. But like totally diabolical. You could be like, oh, I want to ruin this person's family tree i'm gonna like break into the CRISPR, wherever storage place and like oh inject God, all of these sabotage. yeah like inject all these things with like you know cancer or whatever you know but yeah when do you like what what is the what do you think is like the tipping scale of like something like that getting like do you okay this is my question do you ever think that we're going to get to the point where it is like completely mainstreamed because i don't think it's going to if we haven't already the only reason i would see it going mainstream i mean i could definitely see it being on the side just how like cosmetic surgery is there it's basically um, there so yeah yeah but the only reason i can see it going mainstream is if there was a need for it like if there was something we all had to be aware of or have altered in some way and without it, like we would die or something, you know, it would have to be like 
there'd have to be some kind of like call to order in order for everybody to do it. Okay. I okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with that. I'm with that. So here's here's the here's the the uh the moment where somebody some conspiracy theorist out there is like, "Ah, yes, a shadowy uh, you know, a shadowy government cabal is now going to make something where we all have to get CRISPR. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Oh man, I remember seeing a couple years ago that they were, I don't know if it was ever fully implemented, but people were getting like RFID chips like in their, in their palms or in their wrists or something. Yeah. And that would have like, uh, your medical history, your identification, like basically what UI, what the government sees you as. Um, so that when you go to places like that, like if you go to jail, they'll scan it. If you go to the hospital, they'll scan it. Um, and they just have all the information instead of them having to store it in these, you know, huge server rooms or whatever. It's just in a little chip in your hand. Yeah. And that's, and that's like the crux again, that's the whole, you know, catch 22. Like, um, do you want your life to be saved if you're not, they're not able to get your medical records? Do you want like, yeah, they do don't you, have to sort through your wallet or figure out who you are. It, they just right. Scan you. Right. They just scan you and like, they have everything that they need or do you want to think that the government is going to like track you down because you have you like, right. That's the whole, that's the whole, I think we could, we could make a whole podcast episode about this. We really could. <laughs> so let's say in the next mm, five ish years, things change and it becomes optional to have an RFID chip in your kid. Would you do it? Probably not. I don't, it depends. Yeah. If in the future it became like a necessity, I feel like they would get it anyways. Yeah. Mandatory. Would you fight it? Oh my God. Could you ever imagine a world where that was mandatory? You know how many fucking people would revolt over that? It would have to be like a dystopian world for sure. It I don't would think be. it would function normally. Yeah. Well, like that's when you sort of like, I think things like that and things like CRISPR in a sense are you lose the sense of like what it means to be a human almost right like you kind of lose the culture of just humanity in a way like there i'm sure there are people out there and i kind of like sympathize with this a little bit but like sometimes we're meant to die at certain times of certain things right like that's just the way it goes type of thing. Like maybe we don't need to have that perfect world with perfect humans. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just, yeah, that doesn't exist. Well, like maybe it's just hard to like wrap your head around because you know, we are here now. Right. And like mm -hmm. we've grown up the way that we have. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's all very interesting. Um, and again, like we're just, we're just shooting the shit on this. <laughs> yeah, this podcast is just one giant collection of thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I was going to say, though, is with that point, it almost seems like. Stay with me here. Um, okay. It seems like back in the day, you know, pre-modern humans had like a survival instinct that's very different than the instinct we have now. So I think mm. instead of, you know, being hunted by something else now, it's more like about you know, diseases and gene editing and things like that. So I think we've just like refocused um, our new enemy almost and it's age and it's disease. And we're just trying to like get rid of it. That's super true. That's super true. I would beg to say, and again, I could be talking out of my butt here, but they probably had less to worry about as far as like cancer and diseases and other bullshit like that way back, you know, like they were just know about it or they didn't like live long enough to go through it. Hmm. Yeah. I want to know like how, how did the first like deadly virus come to be that way? Or like how did humans first contract cancer? Like these things, obviously we could never figure out, but like th those are like the things, the philosophical things <laughs> like <laughs> that, you know, I mean, are cool to think about so it is interesting it would be cool to do like uh a study of disease of some kind yeah
Definitely. Definitely. Well, like, and to just to see how far back, you know, certain things like that go. So. Yeah. Oh man. It reminds me of, um, when I visited Ireland, I went to the Jameson distillery and the Mrs. Jameson, the lady, I forget her first name had so many kids just because there were certain diseases that like went for kids of certain ages and that just it was part of life so you just had more and hopefully some of them made them to like their 20s wow i think she had somewhere around like 14 and had like maybe four that got through it wow that's crazy and yeah i that was probably more common than you think having huge families probably well and but having huge families because of that um like playing a numbers game because you didn't have yeah. Good medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. Like that's, yeah, I never thought about that. That's, um, that's brutal. That's pretty metal. Metal yeah, way to now think. Now we just assume, you know, like, oh, if I have two kids, like I have two kids. It's not like, oh, do I have two kids? And then maybe around like 18, who knows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Humanity is metal like back then. Right. It's like, <laughs> it's like the Spartans, like kicking the, the kids out, you know? that oh like weren't fit you know it's like that type of shit like i'm gonna have as many kids as possible so then that way i have as many chance you know x amount of chances to have a successor you know like imagine yeah. imagine like a royal family right like they probably mm, wanted to have multiple kids just in case like oh my god fucking dad got assassinated johnny you get up there oh shit johnny had a fucking rock fall on him you know fucking put timmy in now like <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> and then yeah. you have to like have a certain amount of like, you'd have to have a certain amount of females in like a royal family to like pass on the, like to keep the family going. Right. Like, uh, all those things, like we don't have to think about shit like that these days, you know, like, thank God, thank baby J. <laughs> I would have been married at like 14. Right. <laughs> Right. Jesus. I, I would I shaved my legs yet. I would have easily gone to the gallows at like 15, you know, just being a rambunctious little shithead. Oh man. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that shit. But now we have to deal with things like gene editing. So Yeah. Yeah, seriously. It's a give and take. It's a give and take. Oh my goodness. What's so up? I was going to ask you, what's an example of like parenting that you don't like to see? Um, I know like a lot of people um, make fun of people that like have the uh, the kid leashes. That's mm. hilarious, right? That's a good one. Justified, though. If you have a kid who's a sprinter, I wouldn't want to run after him either. What makes them a sprinter, though? Like, I don't understand. I, okay, so think back to like your like third grade class and there's just one kid who's like a little shit, you know, like everything he does, he's just shit eating little kid. That kid is the one who bolts at carnival fairs and he's the one on the leash. Okay, yeah, now that I think about it, there was a kid named Jimmy in my elementary school and I'm pretty sure it was, it was either third grade or fourth grade, but I remember the talk... <laughs> The talk of the class was that uh, after recess, Jimmy really wanted to go home. So Jimmy just bolted out the back door and ran home. And like, it was In like third grade. Yeah. And of course the whole school is just like, where the fuck is Jimmy? We need to find Jimmy. Um, oh my God. That's like a fucking Amber alert. What the hell? Yeah. But they didn't have Amber alerts back then. No, those didn't, didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think what ha ended up happening was, like, Jimmy ran home, and then, like, his mom or dad got home and, like, called the school and was like, um, you guys looking for my son? Because he was at home. Or or something, I I could be completely off sure. base. Um, If anybody that, that, that is listening that went to elementary school with me and remembers the story, please get in contact with me and let me know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Did he ever on the lead? He, no, that wasn't a thing back then. The, like mm -hmm. the kid leashes did not become a thing until I want to say like the two thousands, like early two thousands. Why did I just think that two thousands was ten years ago? It was twenty years ago. Literally, all I still think that the nineties is like ten years ago. So, oh my god! 
but I love the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, I don't know. If I had a kid that was a sprinter, I would absolutely get a child leash. I wouldn't be like embarrassed about it unless my kid was like running in circles around people and then like tying people up with the leash. That would be pretty embarrassing. Because then yeah. at that point, you just have a dog. Yeah. I mean, there is some like argument to be made though of like, where do you draw the line? Like, do you have to like sit little Timmy down and be like, hey, motherfucker, you need to stop running? <laughs> but I do. I don't know. It depends on how they learn. Do they learn from being told? Do they learn from having an experience? Because for me, mm. it was an experience type thing. Do you remember the first time you got lost when you were a kid because you did something? I mean, I definitely don't remember the first time, but I definitely remember the feeling of that for sure. Mine was at the zoo. I was looking at like the gorilla exhibit and we were moving at like a pretty steady pace, but I wanted to like stay and look for a minute. And at the zoo in like the early 2000s, it's fucking crazy. Mm. And my family kept moving along and people just kind of shifted around you so that they could get a good look. So that by the time I looked around to be like, hey, where'd you guys go? They're just absorbed into like the swarm of people. Oh, man. Did you like, ever have a contingency plan when you were lost as a kid? Did your parents like tell you how to handle it? Not, no, not even in the slightest. Really? Did yours? Oh. Yeah, they said don't fucking move. Like, That's you, good advice. You, you stay there. Don't try to look for us. We know where we've been. We'll come find you. That's good advice. Maybe I was told that because I do remember now a specific story about not necessarily being lost, but being left. So, mm. you know, I mean, it's elementary school. I'm five years old. Yeah, I think it was kindergarten. I was five. No, it was either five or six. Is it the kindergarten or first grade? But, you know, like the typical, like everybody stands outside and like waits for their parent or waits for their school bus type of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here's little Ray, you know, everyone's getting picked up. The buses are leaving and, you know, I'm looking and I'm looking, I'm looking for my dad's station wagon, you know, the 86 Chevy Caprice Woody station wagon. Nice. <laughs> um, and I'm looking and I'm looking and, and, you know, all my you know all my friends are going like there's kids left you know a couple kids left and i'm just like okay all right just remain calm nobody there except for me i don't know how this happened i think what happened was i went inside because i got scared and then came back outside and there, there was like no principals around, like no adults, nobody. It was just me in this huge vacant parking lot oh crying. My, um, <laughs> my dad so pulled, sad. my dad pulled up and was just felt so bad. Like he got caught in traffic or like whatever it was, you know, but like I was bawling my eyes out, just sitting there. All uh. I could have been snatched up so easy. Like. It, but it was it was that time where like you know it it just it it was what it was you know um be, because now they would never allow that to happen at an elementary school oh no never a lot of the times like you have designated people who can pick you up sure and, uh if there's especially like at elementary schools if there's someone else picking you up like you have to be on like the list you know yeah or to like enter the building to like oh yeah interact with any kid like you have to be on the list or whatever like back in the day you could fucking go up and be like hey, I'm fucking little Ray's uncle like Larry Dude, you, you know? just walk straight into the classroom like no one yeah. would stop you yeah now there's like you walk in and there's like a security desk you yeah know? yeah you have to like get buzzed in and the whole nine yards like it's a whole thing but so yeah that was my first experience of like and like. I couldn't imagine how heartbroken my dad was to see me like that, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my mom definitely wasn't like heartbroken to see me like that. She was just like, you're going to keep moving now. And I'm just like, yeah, damn. So <laughs> damn. <laughs> I know she was a tough love kind of person. So she's like, fuck up. Let's go look at the giraffe. I'm like, All right. Let's go look at the giraffe. <laughs> Maybe we'll get you an ice cream cone if you if you keep up with us, you know. Yeah, right. If you don't get fucking lost again. Right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would be oh, so man. terrified if I ever lost my kid like anywhere. Cause I've been places, you know, like outdoor events or at the mall or whatever. And I see like a kid who's just like, I don't, where do I go? You know, or they're like with the security guard already. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, you know, like, hello, child of blah, blah, blah. We have like, you know, a JCPenney <laughs> or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I get it. Like, you know, your, your mind as a parent, it, it can wander, you know, and you just get caught up in the moment of, you know, I mean, it's, it, it definitely can happen. Definitely Same with the kid, you know, you see like a pretzel stand across the way next to a fucking toy store. Dude, that's like an eclipse. How can you not fold Naruto, Naruto, Naruto sprint over there? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And like, how can you not get caught up in like a Fortnite dance battle at that, you know, whatever conjunction? Just <laughs> like, see a bunch of kids like flossing outside the toy store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> That'd be so ridiculous. No, I remember. So, like, going back really quick to uh, the girl that I recently dated. But I, the first time we went in, like, a public place, um, you know, it like, I, it was kind of the unsaid thing right at that time that, like, I was watching the one of her kids that was with us. Mm -hmm. And, like, me not being used to that. I just like was like wandering ahead and like looking around, just you know, being curious me. And yeah. she was like, "Hey, dumbass!" Like the kid, you know, she was like, "You can't just like let him do what he wants." And I'm just like, "All right, shit." <laughs> oh man, yeah. I th see, child leashes just drag him along. Right. You see, Tie you've you've talked me, you've talked me into it. You sold me. You've sold me on it's the like child clip leash. Clip them onto your belt loop. Yep. Maybe make it like <laughs> one of those like little like dog leashes where you can like stop it like at certain points to like give them a certain oh, amount of length. My the ones with like the trigger yes. and like the, the pulley rope. Yes. Oh my god. Genius. Oh my god. That <laughs> Okay, so like a child tether, I understand. But that's a full blown leash. That's like all right, like you clip it and so that it stops like the the feed from going out and then you yank them back a little bit. Yeah. Like, all right, let's go, you know. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so put a bell on them. Right. Oh my gosh. I hope you guys have a list uh enjoyed listening to two people who don't have kids and have no idea what they're talking no, about. No, I'm sure you guys are probably like, well, they didn't talk about this and and then we're yeah. So please hit yeah, us up on like Twitter. Or let something. us let us know what you deal with on a daily basis that we have no clue about. Oh man, did you know that actually, like when you have a newborn, you have to like sponge bath them until their little umbilical cord falls off? Oh really? Is that yeah. like the little like thing that you like put in like a uh, like a kitchen sink? Uh, or you put the kid in the sink? But yeah, they also have like the. The inserts basically that go into the the sink. Yeah, what an odd place. Let me wash my kid in the sink. <laughs> I mean, it's at like waist level, and they're tiny. It's pretty convenient. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I guess you wouldn't really like. You wouldn't put them in the bathtub, probably. <laughs> oh my god, no! They would be like, like the Cheerio in an ocean. Like it's just such a huge size difference, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, but you oh. basically have to keep that little piece of weird flesh or whatever dry so that it just, like, I don't know, crusts up and falls off instead of, like, staying all gross and weird. I had no idea. And now yeah, I know. That's how you make a belly button. That's how you make a belly Well, I knew that the, that the belly button and those were related, but I didn't know you had to, like, make it petrified so it fucking snaps off. <laughs> yeah, basically your belly button is like scar tissue. I mean, right. That that makes that makes sense to me, but now I know. Yeah. Did they explain that to you after in like the hospital? They're like, hey, by the way, like as you're like yeah. on the way out, like here's a little pamphlet on how you get that little jigger off. <laughs> yeah, and then you, someone gave me like the snap and finger gun yeah. combo and yeah. they're like, keep it crusty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god. If there's not a nurse or something doing that out there, please. You'll make somebody's day. Or there, at least really uncomfortable and then they have something to talk about. There has to be. There has to be. So shout out to that nurse <laughs> who's keeping it real. Oh my god. Right? <laughs> well, on that note, shall we uh, give it a little wrap up? Yes. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. We do do put out podcasts every single Wednesday. You can find us on Patreon if you would like to support us. If you just would like to listen, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere there's a podcast. So thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.